Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we are talking about the NASCAR, the, the news of NASCAR here. And today's news, the NASCAR Xfinity Series is going to run a road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in July. They moved that race to July 4th weekend. They will run the road course for the Xfinity Series. That gives them five road course races on their schedule for the 2020 season. We'll also discuss some news out of the NASCAR Gander Outdoor and RV Truck Series with Todd Gillen driving for Front Row Motorsports. An interesting little announcement there. Also, of course, other news as well with uh, throughout the NASCAR world here on Talking Circles. Also, we have the uh, new package for short tracks and tracks under 1.1 mile there uh, for the Cup Series. We'll discuss that as well. 917-889-8280, 917-889-8280, that is the number to call here tonight on Talking Circles if you want to join the show. But let's get right down to it, the news of the day, the NASCAR Xfinity Series running the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, Going to get the newer fan perspective uh, newer fan perspective on this. Spencer, um, five road course races, it's a lot. That's a lot of road course racing in the Xfinity Series, uh, most of the, that they've ever had in that series. What were your thoughts today when you read that uh, the Xfinity Series is going to run the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in July. I thought it was cool. Uh, more than cool, I was actually pretty excited because that race seems to be pretty boring anyways. Uh, you know, I think all three of us agree that it's a boring race, and that's why we're so upset. You know, I know you have mixed feelings about they should take it off the schedule. Um, but, yeah, you know, I the older I get, the more I truly enjoy road course racing. Like I love going to the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Um, but when I was little, all I really liked was super speedway racing, but the older I get, I'd say in the past eight years, I truly, uh, kind of like road course racing. Um, you know, I thought the road course races in the Xfinity series were exciting this year. Um, with the good battles between Cendric and, uh, and, um, Almondinger and, you know, Cendric pulled off two wins on those things. And, you know, it's, it's true. It's, it's good racing. You know, you have to really, you have to go at all times. You can't really lay back on the road courses. You it's, it's go time from the green flag to the checkered flag. And, um, yeah, I like it. It's something different. It's a change. We won't have to see them do the boring indie race and maybe it'll bring a good show. And I'm sure they'll keep it for a few years if uh, it seems to go good, just like the Robo is. So, um, why not? I'm all for it. Yeah. I wish, you know, they had this, you know, Instead of going to Indianapolis, I wish they had a, like a short track within like I don't know 15 minutes of Indianapolis. Oh wait, they do, and it used to be on a schedule. And listen, I don't know how Phil feels about this, but I'll give my opinion quick. Go bring them back to IRP. I mean, what are we doing with Indianapolis Motor Speedway? The reason why they brought this these Xfinity Series races to Indianapolis was because it was supposed to help the draw and help the um, the excitement of the Sunday race. It hasn't done that at all. Now we're just basically staying in Indianapolis and staying in Indianapolis when we had a wonderful racetrack about 10, 15 minutes from there that was perfect for the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. Uh, man, I wish they, they ran there. What are your thoughts, Philip? Yeah, I mean, the, the the one question I have is which which uh, version are they going to run? Are they going to run the same version, basically, that what the IndyCar series does for their Grand Prix in May and what the, the sports cars have run in previously, 
or are they going to run the MotoGP circuit, which basically uses as you enter IndyCar or NASCAR Turn 1, excuse me, and then you kind of go into the infield after using a stupid chicane. Uh, that's one thing that they, I don't know if they really talked about that. Um, I agree with you, Clayton, on um, the fact that, that they messed with a perfectly good thing years ago. Um, the IRP, they had that great weekend. You'd have a, you'd have a midget race or three-car race at IRP. Then you'd run the trucks. Then when they used to have it on Saturday for years, they used to have the breakout until the Keith State changed the TV. The TV deal made it a Sunday race. Uh, it used to be a Saturday race. And they had a midget or spring car deal on Wednesday. They had Thunder. Then they had the trucks on Thursday, the Bush Series on Friday, and then they had the Cup on Saturday. And it was such a great weekend, and there was so much energy there. And Roger Penske, I know, um, is trying to do something because he knows that Xfinity race has about 72 people there. Um, that aren't, well, that's, that's being kind because uh, there has to be more than 72 people that work all the teams, uh, but that place looks like a ghost town when that Xfinity race is going on, and every year that they had the Xfinity race at uh, IRP, ORP, Lucas Oil Raceway, whatever they call it these days, uh, there was no problem selling out, and the track was tough, it was difficult, but you would have some beating and banging, there would be challenging, and it removed the race from the truck series, which I think is hurt the truck series, um, their schedule is weak um, and mediocre in general, uh, and that's a glaring omission in their calendar of losing uh, ORP or IRP or whatever. But Xfinity, it was one of the uh, charter racetracks of the original series back in 1982. And um, it would be the simple solution. It would make more sense. I know that Roger Penske knows Forrest Lucas, and I know that it would probably be a better idea uh, than wasting everybody's time with uh, a ridiculous Xfinity race. Uh, they'd be better off running a Rolex or running in a, a WeatherTech series race and then going and running the Brickyard 400 there than what their current plan is. But relative to the initial, you know, the fact that they had one, that's one of the worst races that's been on the Xfinity calendar ever, and they're deciding to do something different, that's fine. I'm curious as to what they're going to do with which um, which track layout they're going to use. Um, it'll help because the, the Xfinity race is a snooze fest. It's a waste of time. Uh, and usually Xfinity road course races are usually wreck fest, so that's kind of entertaining. And if it rains, it'll be better. Um be some nice road course ringers that might get called in for that deal. So, I mean, it's good. It's better than what they had, but they have a perfect yeah. solution in Claremont down the road, too. Yeah, listen, I, I honestly think, you know, what bothers me about this, and, and listen, I'm an old school, I understand. I got an old school mentality, even for a younger guy, I got, a, you know, way old school mentality, even in real life, people call me an old man. And I get that, and maybe I'm I'm just, you know, curmudgeon old man at this point. But this series in NASCAR, to me in general, was built off of short track racing, high bank short tracks, short tracks, whatever you want to call it, uh, but short tracks nonetheless. And 
as we've gone through the years, we've gotten less and less short tracks. And I know a lot of people like road course racing. I understand completely Spencer's op- opinion on it. I get the people who do that because, listen, um, it, they've been exciting racing, sure. But the way I look at road course racing is this, to me. You want to go watch road course racing? That's fine. Go watch sports car. Go watch the 24 hours of Daytona. Go watch Formula One. I'm okay with that with the road course racing over there. That's what they do on that side of the race of the racing spectrum. My side, we run short tracks, we run ovals, and that is where I get annoyed because you have a perfectly good short track, a short track that put on tremendous racing, and they can say whatever they want about while the show wasn't get the hell that 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 show. You hit on it 100% there, Philip. That was the pinnacle of of Xfinity racing. I mean, people used to go to Indianapolis. Michael Walter said it was the most important in Indianapolis. He wanted to win Indianapolis more than Daytona in the Xfinity series when he ran there. Um, you know, it just it's such a great racetrack just sitting there waiting for NASCAR to come back, and they'd say, we want to get back to our roots, guys. We want to get back to our roots. Here's a perfect opportunity to get back to their roots. A perfect opportunity, you know, and everybody's sitting here saying, oh, well, you know, with Jim France, it's going to be changing. Baloney, nonsense. That's why I don't believe when people say um, about the 2021 schedule, what it's going to look like. You know, you see stuff on Reddit and all that kind of stuff. We're going to have five, six, seven new racetracks. Get out of here. It's never going to change. And, and that's what bothers me is you sit there and say we want to get back to our roots. Well, here's an opportunity to get back to your roots. Here's an opportunity to get away from Indianapolis, the Indy, the IndyCar, the IndyCar style racing we see at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the trucks and well for the Xfinity Series especially to get away from that and bring it back to your hardcore roots at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and yet we can't do it. And five road course races in a season is absolutely insane, and that's why I go crazy about this stuff, guys. And I know you sit there and say I might. I'm negative, and you know I went nuts about um, the, on on Facebook about the the limiting the the uh, live pit stops at these companion races. But this is why I do this kind of stuff because when you open up Pandora's box, you'll give them a little bit of a slight of an inch. They're gonna kick the door wide open. You know, my brother always says, "Give an inch, they'll take a mile," and that is what they're doing here with this one. You know, as soon as Charlotte ran the Roval, it opened up the possibility. Let's run a road course at Indianapolis. Let's run a road course at Pocono. When will it stop? When will we sit there and go, you know what, guys? We don't want to be like Formula One. We don't want to be like IndyCar. We don't want to be like sports car. We want to be like NASCAR. That's what we want to be like. Stock car racing built on, on short tracks. That's what it should be about. And here it is again. You know, going to road course racing again. I understand I'm in a minority on that, and I know I had a I had a guy tell me one time that he wanted to run, and he was dead serious about this number: 14 road course races in NASCAR, 14, and he aimed them all. I'm like, listen, if we run 14 races in a road course, I'm, my head's gonna spin. I'm gonna go, you're gonna, I'll stop watching. It's that's crazy. That's nonsense. That's a little but too much. Think about it this way. Yeah, but think about it this way, Spencer. And you're right, it is a little too much. But think about it this way. We have how many short track races in the Xfinity Series? Five. Now we have five road course races in the Xfinity Series. That's just as many short tracks as we have – short track races as we have as road course races. 
crazy to me. It's crazy. Maybe that number has gone up because they had Martinsville in, but they replaced it with Richmond. They might have six. But either way, that number is really, really close, and to me it's too close. That's my take on it. And I know it was uh, – I'm sure you guys are shocked that was my take on it, but that's my take on it. And, and it's just – you know, I don't want to get to a, to a series where uh, – in NASCAR and in, in all three series where we're running run course racing at 25% of the racetracks. Not really my cup of tea at all. So 917-889-8280. Any other thoughts on, on this, Spencer, on, on moving the, the road course racing – the Xfinity race to the road course in Indianapolis? Any other thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say something real quick. I get what you guys are saying about the short tracks. I would much rather have a short track, but if we had to pick from two to either run the boring old racetrack or the road course, that's what I was giving at. I would much rather see them go to a short track, but they didn't give us that option. They gave us, you know, basically a road course or the regular racetrack. So that's why I said road course was probably the way to go. Oh, and it's not a bad it's not a bad opinion because I think a lot of people have that opinion, Spencer. And I'm not saying that that um it's a it's the wrong opinion. It's just to me how I view NASCAR racing is short tracks built on short tracks, and you know I remember North Wilkesboro and the Truck Series was a short track series when it started. Uh, not not to get totally you know getting looking way back in 1995, but when it first started, it was uh, they didn't even run Daytona. They they didn't run a track over a mile there at that series when they first started, and it's gone completely in the other direction. And, you know, Xfinity used to have a lot of great short tracks, too. They ran in Milwaukee Mile. They ran at South Boston. They ran uh, at um, Hickory. They ran at all kinds of different – Myrtle Beach. They ran at all different kinds of great short tracks. Uh, IRP was, was, was included in that. And it's just – it doesn't make sense to me that, we're run, that we have a perfectly good short track right down the street from Indianapolis Motor Speedway when we're running the road course. That's just – to me, as a NASCAR fan and somebody who loved the racing in IRP – it's it's crazy to me. What about you, Philip? Final thoughts on on Indianapolis and the road course? Yeah, I mean, for what uh, Justice Spencer said, I mean, for what our options were, that was what uh, the captain was going to do uh, in terms of what they really should do. As I mentioned earlier, they could go and run a, a six hour, like they could run the, they could go back to the old um, uh, Paul Revere two fifty which used to run at Daytona for years uh, with the with the, the Daytona Firecracker 400, and they could do a similar idea at Indianapolis. So there's a, a one race of the WeatherTech series while sending back trucks and Xfinity to IRP, and you have the best of both worlds in many ways, and Jim France wins because he gets to get another racetrack on the calendar, but then he also takes care of his two babies at Indianapolis and Roger Penske makes money. So that I think is the way they really should be going. Uh, it probably won't happen that way because it's too logical, but you know, uh, they're, then they're not going to move to, as you said, they're not going to move to more short tracks and have the same stupid cookie cutter crap. You know, there's more likely, it's more likely that Atlanta is going to get two races again than it is that Nashville Fairgrounds or something like that is going to over an Iowa Speedway because of the casino. So. Yeah, and again, you know, um, it's just, it breaks my heart. You know, when you see short, good short tracks, and what's going to eventually happen, I think, is you're going to see tracks like IRP, and we already saw what's Milwaukee Mile, and, 
it, these tracks are going to die. And then everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, we wish we were in there. Well, you know what? This is why I, I, I go crazy when we could run a – there's no reason not to do that race up there at IRP, and, and yet here we are. 917-889-8280 here. Talking circles, Clayton Coldo, Philip Matthews, Spencer Cowan here with you guys tonight. Uh, other news this week, kind of an interesting little t- talk because the truck series is just getting it's getting wild. One thing I'm really looking forward to in 2020 is this truck series. It's going to be an outstanding, outstanding uh, lineup for the truck series as far as um, competitive race trucks are concerned and competitive teams. And another team kind of added their name to the fold there in the truck series. And that's Front Row Motorsports, a team we haven't seen delve into the other two series. They, you know, I'm sure Philip remembers. I'm not even sure Spencer does. That's how long ago it was now. 13 years ago, they ran an Xfinity car with Tony Raines back when they were in Chevrolet. Um, and that was a long time ago. And that's really the last time we saw Front Row really even come close to diving into the Truck Series or Xfinity Series. But yet here they are going to the Truck Series in 20. 20- 20. They, they had a three-car team in 2019 in the Cup Series. They're not down to two teams in this Cup Series, but they've expanded into the Truck Series. Todd Gilland is going to be their driver. They're going to have a, um, a an association with DCR Crosley, David Gilland Racing and Crosley. Uh, it sounds like they're going to get their chassis from there as well. So kind of interesting news here, and I, I'm going to give my opinion on this. Um, I was talking to a good a mutual friend of ours. And uh, about this situation, he brought up a phenomenal point about why this opportunity could have happened. But I want to get your takes on it. Philip, first, uh, what are your thoughts about Front Row Motorsports moving in with Todd Gilliland into the Truck Series in 2020? I mean, and my initial thoughts of it is good uh, for Todd Gilliland after what was a really fraught uh, 2019 season. Yes, he ended up, nobody saw it on TV because FS1 sucked at life. Uh, when he won uh, at Martinsville and then uh, threw shade at his owner, the mosquito-faced idiot, who is now two times up to your champion. But the fact of the matter is he was going to lose his ride, and the reality is that particular team that he used to drive for didn't put emphasis on the full-time truck. Um, I find that that will probably be different here in 2020. And Todd Gillen was one of the people that paid the price for that. Now he isn't driving for his dad, but basically he's driving for his dad because the equipment is DGR Crosley. It's a front row motorsports truck, which at the end of the day, David Gillen drove for Bob Jenkins for years. And uh, the majority of his cup career was with Bob Jenkins. And so the reality is it's basically a family-owned kind of combination deal where, like, David Jones, like, I don't want to go and put my son in the 17 truck and make it look like, oh, I'm employing my son. But Bob Jenkins like, oh, I want to have a truck. So it's like, oh, so let's just go and work together. And in the end, they're going to use the 17 points probably. And what it does is it keeps one of the best young talents in this sport employed, and it gives them a good, fresh start opportunity to put himself back on track and possibly get himself up through the ladder uh, and do it on the Ford side because the Toyota side is basically jammed up for good. Um, and he gives himself options on the Ford side. And uh, that'll be, and it's good for the series as well because 
considering Fargo Motorsports is going down to two full-time cup efforts, um, except for, you know, race here and there. Uh, it'll be good for that organization to increase their um, their reach and going into the truck series, developing talent and bringing it up uh, with a Todd Gill. And uh, in that sense, it's actually a really good thing. But to be completely honest, it's basically the DGR Crosley 17 truck, but you didn't want to be like Bobby Ray Hall or Michael Andretti and go and employ kids. But it is what it is. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting theory I have um, that will come up after, after in a little bit here that I have that uh, reason why maybe this team was created. But how about you, Spencer? I mean, Front Row Motorsports, a team, you know, let's be honest, they've run 20th and 30th in a cup series for the really last decade. Uh, they got the two wins, one with Chris Buescher at Pocono, David Reagan, of course, at Talladega um, in the cup series. A lot of people think maybe they should be focusing on the cup series. They got a little bit over their heads last year with three teams. Yet here they are starting up a truck team. What were your thoughts when you read this on on uh, the other night? Yeah, I was very shocked. I don't think uh, I def I don't think I saw this one coming. Um, but no, you know they're going to have a decent little driver in that truck, and um, you know I think they're going to be competitive. You look at it, you know that you know their cup side is you know probably a C minus C plus um, team. You know they're not the best team, but they're not the worst team, and they worked hard to get where they're at. And, you know, the cost of running a truck team is way cheaper than running a cup, uh, cup team. So, you know, I think they're going to be pretty well. I think they're going to compete. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they were able to get a win. Uh, DGR, they've shown success, you know, with Tyler Ingram making the playoffs and him running really well and winning the race. Um, I think it was at Kentucky. I don't remember. Um, yeah. But they show, they show speed. And um, their ARCA stuff does really well. You know, I believe they won at Daytona. Um, so I mean they you know it's a it's a it's a smaller team that's getting really big and they'll be uh they'll have a lot of success and I think you know like Philip says one big family um with David being over there and you know they probably they got together and you know made this deal happen and um you know Ford is you know they have a good uh Ford uh, youth program over there and you know Todd just added his name into that and I think they're going to do well I was shocked and um I'm excited to see what they're able to do at Daytona and once we get after Daytona, see if they can really keep up with the top-notch teams. Yeah, that's going to be the real interesting thing is how they're going to compete and if they're going to be good. Um, and they got a, a crew chief, John Leonard, who was uh, in the Cup Series a few years ago with um, with Levine Family Racing. But, you know, to me, there's a couple of interesting things to take here. One is why Front Row Motorsports and why now? Um, one was an interesting idea kicked around is when you think of John, uh, Bob Jenkins, who's the owner of Front Row Motorsports, I think of of you know um, the owner the businesses he owns. You know he, he's known for owning a lot of uh, um, KFCs, Taco Bells, and Long John Silvers and, and fast food joints. There's other companies too. He he has his hands in. Of course, MDS Trucking is his. Uh, I think he's got a, a deal with Dockside Logistics, and that might be his as well. He's got a lot of he's got his hands in a lot of different things. And when you think about that, and and all that in there, you know, maybe they were discussing a possibility with him to sponsor Todd Gilland in the truck series, and, and David made it even a little bit sweeter and said, why don't you start your own team? I'll give you a hell of a deal on trucks. We'll put Todd in there, uh, and you can run it. Basically, Ford will help fund it a little bit, but you can put your businesses on there, promote it well. Uh, it's not going to cost you a ton of money, and, you know, get front-wheel motorsports running really good in the truck series and really promote your business as well, and, it, and it'll be a, you know, we'll get 
Todd in a competitive truck, and we'll make a go at it. I could totally see something like that happening. Um, I also think this is a good news. You touched on it, Spencer, for Ford. Um, you know, recently, last couple of weeks, they they hired, they they brought in Haley Deegan into their fold, into their Ford camp. Now they got Todd Gilland, of course. They brought in DG, DGR Crosley, and you know, this was a team in the truck series. This was a manufacturer, I should say, in the truck series, where before last year, about December 2018 or November 2018, we were kind of sitting there scratching our heads, going. What the heck is Ford going to do in the truck series? Brad Keselowski is shutting his team down, and we're kind of sitting there going, they're not going to really do anything. And in sort of January of last year, right around this time last year, it was announced that uh, ThorSport was going to Ford, and it was just like, oh, okay. you know. And, and everybody really felt that maybe when ThorSport um, got into the Ford camp, it took a little while for them to you know, get their arms wrapped around it, um, and they did a good job of, of, of building their organization. And now here we are. Building into David Gilland Racing and um, and now you know Front Row Motorsports and I expect this to continue. You know a lot. I've read a lot of people say, well, maybe Front Row Motorsports is going to move to the Xfinity Series. Uh, you know, maybe I don't see it happening. Though this is, could be a good opportunity for them to maybe try some things, get Todd Gilland sort of in their development program. Remember, they have John Hunter Nemechek there, and John Hunter's a good driver. He's won a lot of truck races in his career. I think he's sort of in a little bit of a lull here where he's sort of waiting for the next opportunity. And Front Row Motorsports is a good place to go if you want to learn and, and, how, and how to drive these stock cars and these cup cars, maybe for a year or two. But he's not long for Front Row Motorsports, let's be honest. You know, uh, if he gets a bigger ride in, in Xfinity, you know, if Boyer's gone at the end of the year, then they move Chase Briscoe up the cup, and that 98's wide open, they might sit there and go put John Hunter in there. Let's go. Let's let's make it make it happen. And Front Row's out of a driver, and now they've got to kind of – figure out a way to, to, to get um, a driver in there. Maybe this is a way for them to try some things, bring in a driver, maybe Todd Gilland ultimately ends up there for a couple of years, uh, or even a crew chief. You know, I mentioned their crew chief, Drew Glickenster, for a good veteran crew chief, but you know, maybe he's starting to think about getting off the road here in a couple of years. You're going to have to find the next crew chief there, and maybe this is the beginning of John Leonard's uh, career front row where you sit there and go, okay, I learned in the truck series for a year. Now I'm going to move right up into the cup series and make it work there. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different things to go on here. Uh, I'm excited for the truck series. It's going to be amazing to watch the series this year. I mean, there's going to be so much competitive. So competitive. The big teams up top are going to be unbelievable. Daytona is going to be a madhouse. There's going to be so many drivers who can win that race. Matt Crafton is going to always pull his uh, a yearly Matt Crafton where he's going to sit in the back for the first 80 laps and then come up all of a sudden. Uh, and, and or excuse me for the first what 50 60 laps truck series ain't that much and uh, all of a sudden you know be there at the end so it's gonna be very interesting to see how that all plays out um, but front row motorsports and, and uh, Todd Gilland wow just something I didn't see coming that's for sure uh, and uh, more to even come on that I'm sure on the truck series and added teams there um, other news this week guys that came out was the new uh, package for short tracks. Uh, in 2024, the Cup Series. Um, the Cup Series last year was no secret. I think everybody kind of agreed. The package, this package we had a year ago um, on the on the short tracks, was a little bit to, left a little bit to be desired. Let's be honest. And uh, even road course racing's road course racing wasn't as good uh, over the last couple of years as it probably should have been over last year as it was the years before, I should say. Um, and now they've they've made some changes here. For 
the 2020 season. We're going to discuss these here. Uh, the technical details for these um, for, for the short tracks for 2020, the spoiler will move down to 2.75 inches. That's down from 8 inches from a year ago. The splitter overhang is down from 2 inches to a quarter of an inch, uh, and the 2-inch wings now are down from 10.5 inches. Big drastic change, and the vertical fencing removed from the radiator pan, the dimensions of the pan remain the same. This, this will affect the tracks at Bristol, the two times we run at Bristol, both races at Charlotte, the Char- excuse me, the Charlotte Roval, not the both races at Charlotte, the Charlotte Roval, both races at Dover, both races at Martinsville, New Hampshire, both races at Phoenix, both races at Richmond, Sonoma, and Watkins Glen, of course. Um, Philip, what were your thoughts there on the changes from what we saw a year ago to to what we're going to see here in 2020 on these changes that they've made uh, to the splitter, the spoiler, and the radiator pan for the short tracks? Um, thankful that they addressed the glaring issue. I mean, the bigger issue than all of that is the useless uh, tire manufacturer that they have. And they don't want to fix that, but that's a different story. But in terms of the arrow, in terms of the lack of downforce, and the possibility of, uh, which I'll do in air quotes, of tire fall off uh, so that you could actually, you know, move around a little bit, the possibility of passing, uh, since that seems to be something that NASCAR is not into, is good uh, for the the way that they move. I kind of wish they would have done the same thing for Pocono, Michigan, and Auto Club Speedway. Uh, we sat together and watched uh, the first Pocono race, and that wasn't the greatest Pocono race I've ever seen in my life, whether in person or on TV. Um, there's an issue with the package at those racetracks, which I think is something that they're going to have to really science out with the Gen 7 car. But in terms of knowing that, you consider that Phoenix is the final race. You consider Martinsville is the cutoff to get into the final race. Bristol is in the playoff this year. Richmond is also in the playoff. So you're talking about all the short tracks that they have and then a flat one-mile oval that has not put on good racing for many years. Um, And all of those racetracks are going to play a role along with the Roval, um, which is just really a demolition derby. Uh, you're talking about five of the ten races in the playoff. This ruled package hopefully will uh, promote a better product on the racetrack. Um, I have, I mean, I'll I'll uh, reserve further judgment until we really see it on track. But um, it's a positive step for NASCAR. Uh, they could have really went and put it back to 750 or put it over, like reduce, get rid of the tapered spacer, and then it would have really been a real package, the rules package where the actually have to drive a race car. But we'll go and take this and see what happens. It's better than what they had last year, which was pretty good. Yeah, it is, and I'm, I am interested, Philip. It's a, it's a fair point, I think, to say, you know, how much does aerodynamics really matter on these short tracks? And, and I know we say that, but the really the – there's a, the only thing that changed from uh, 2018 to 2019 was the aerodynamics of these cars. So obviously they play a big factor in it. How about you, Spencer? Are you excited for these changes? I mean, 
it's pretty drastic when you look at how much how much they're cutting off the spoiler and how much they're cutting off from the splitter. Pretty drastic changes there, um, you know, and it should help. I think it should help these these races, and and we only have to live with, for, with it for a year because they're going to make drastic changes to the cars here in 2021. But what were your thoughts when you read uh, the technical details from the announcement this week? Yeah, it's going to be it's, – it's definitely a change, you know. Um, you know, they took a lot off that back spoiler, which is good. Um, you know, last year, you know, wasn't the most exciting. Um, I think it's going to make for some better racing. Um, even though it's on the short tracks, um, and short tracks are a little bit different, they kind of separate themselves from the mile and a half and all that. Um, I'd like to see it on some of the bigger tracks, the smaller spoiler. I mean, you look at the Xfinity car, look how small that back spoiler is. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, I'm glad they made a change. Um, you know, the better racing is what put butts in the seats and that's what NASCAR wants. And, um, you know, they're not going to do what Phillip said and, you know, go back to what they used to do, but it's a step in the right direction. And if we, if NASCAR keeps making these right steps, uh, uh, every year, um, you know, the racing will soon get back to what it was and, um, they just need to find that right package or whatever they want to call it. Um, that works and makes for phenomenal racing makes you want to go to the racetrack and purchase a ticket and sit your butt in that grandstand in the bearing sun and watch cars go around in circles. Um, and that's what they're trying to get to. And, um, you know, step in the right direction, applaud the NASCAR and we'll just have to see, um, after, you know, Daytona and these short tracks or what it really does. Yeah. That's, we're not going to know until it hits the racetrack for sure about what, what this package is really going to mean. Uh, for 2020, but, you know, it's nice that they took the initiative and you could have easily threw their hands up and said, especially these owners, they could have easily said, listen, we don't want to do anything to these race cars because next year we're going to have a new package anyway, so we can live with it for a year. But they said, oh, you know what, we want to make this this show as good as possible for the 2020 season for our fans, and that's respectable. I think you have to respect that in a way. Um, You know, maybe it's not as drastic as some of us would like. I totally agree with that, but um, it is a step in the right direction, and hopefully um, this 2020 car is going to be uh, interesting to see. So a couple of, of Daytona 500 announcements, guys, since the last time we talked. Um, David Reagan, was an, it's announced he will drive the number 36 car. It's going to be Rick Ware entry technically, although with the Front Row Motorsports um, team, Front Row Motorsports car, Front Row Motorsports crew chief, probably Front Row Motorsports pit crew. The only thing that's really going to be Rick Ware racing is the charter, although it's technically front row motorsports, is shorter because they technically lease it to Rick Ware Racing. So Reagan's going to be doing that for the Daytona 500 and then call it racing. They announced their attempt to drive in the Daytona 500 with Justin Haley uh, making their cup debut at call it racing. They're not going to be locked in. Reagan's going to be locked in in this 36 with the charter, like I said. But Haley and, and call is not going to have a, uh, a charter. And a little bit of an interesting factoid for you in case you're wondering – um, Justin Haley is going to pilot number 16 paternal order of Eagle Chevrolet Camaro in the Daytona, for the Daytona 500 for Speed Weeks. Uh, the last time the number 16 was used by a team not rash racing, you have to go all the way back to about 1990 when Larry Pearson drove the 16, uh, David Pearson. So uh, it's been a long, long time. And, um, you know, it's going to be weird for me because, like I said, I was around. I wasn't around really the last time they drove uh, the 16. It was 1990. It was at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and the sponsorship for Larry Pearson that day was actually Country Music Television uh, with his dad's team, David Pearson, his last race as a car on the Cup Series, David Pearson, 
Um, they finished 34th. That's the last time the sixth team was used by a team, not not Ross Fenway. So kind of interesting there. Um, what were your thoughts, Spencer, when you read that uh, Reagan and uh, Justin Haley, who won the July race here uh, at Daytona, what were your thoughts when they uh, came down and, and announced they were going to run the uh, Daytona 500? I thought about you. I was like, well, he gets to watch another one and see what he can do, and maybe he has a shot to win it. But, no, it's cool. You know, you know, I know you're a big fan of David Reagan, and, you know, he's he's one of the good guys in the sports. You know, you never really see him mad. You don't see guys trying to come after him. And, um, you know, it might not be with the best ride in the world, but, you know, he's run very well in the front row motorsports stuff at restricted plates. You know, hell, he has a win at Talladega and um, has almost won 2017 July race at Daytona. Um, so, you know, he knows what to do in those race cars and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't know if he's going to run another one after this, but this is going to be, uh, one more shot that he can try to put that trophy in his trophy case and that'll be huge. Um, and I like seeing, you know, the good guys in the sport get the opportunities and, um, it's not with the best equipment, but it's not with the worst. And, um, I think they'll have a good shot with select blinds on board. You know, they sponsored him last year and, um, I think they'll, they'll be all right and, you know, they're locked in, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And he's smart sometimes. <laughs> I know you get a bit aggravated with him up in the train stands, but um, they'll do all right, and we'll just have to see. I hope he does good. And, you know, if this is his last one, good luck to him. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I did read on Twitter he said he was going to – what if I run a couple of races, he said to a fan. So we'll see if he uh, runs more this year. But, you know, to me it's a one-off deal, and, and it's so hard to – to win these races when you're in a full-time ride running for for points to let alone run and try and win and run up front when you're running partial schedule, it's even more difficult. So yeah, I'm sure he's going to give it his best shot and, and I'll be interested to see the strategy out there, but I'm um, not sure how, how good that car is going to be able to compete. Hopefully I'm wrong. Um, how about Justin Haley, Philip? You know, an uh, interesting little thing that Colleg Racing and now they have a deal with Richard Childress Racing um, so they're probably going to have a Richard Childress. My guess is, and they haven't, I don't know if it's officially announced or not, they're going to have a Richard Childress Racing engine and, and a Richard Childress Racing chassis since they are on premises there and they get their, their chassis and engines from them in the Xfinity Series. My guess is they got a Childress chassis and engine in the cup race for the Daytona 500. Um, and, you know, those those Richard Childress Racing engines are fast. Um, they, can, they can qualify really good, and it's just kind of – interesting how deep this field is going to be this year to make the Daytona 500. You have um, the 96, I'm sure, is going to be down. Not sure who's going to be the driver. I've heard Suarez, not really sure what's going on there. They still haven't, you know, January 15th, we still don't know what Daniel Suarez's 2020 plans are. Kind of crazy when you think about it. We're getting closer and closer to the Daytona 500, and Daniel Suarez, um, his plans have yet to be announced, and nobody really knows what's going on with him. But uh, I'm sure the 96 is going to be down. The 62 is going to be down with Brendan Gorn in a children's car. So you're going to have some competition there. Uh, Timmy Hill, and I know you're going to say, well, Timmy Hill, but they're going to have a Roush Yates engine in the 66 and a, and a good Ford, uh, much better than what MBM usually puts out there. So they might be able to, to turn a quick lap. Um, so somebody to watch for sure to drive the, their way in. But what about Justin Haley? Won the July race. I know it was rain short, and they got extremely lucky. But what about Justin Haley? He should have probably won a July race here two years ago uh, with a controversial call there between going uh, going below the yellow line. Um, what were your thoughts on Haley, Philip, uh, getting into the Cup Series and dabbling into the Daytona 500? Well, it's I mean it's a good thing because 
Matt Colleg is one of the only independent owners that is left in this sport that isn't, you know, a known household name. Uh, his connecting with Ross Chastain, uh, who is a favorite of everybody here on this program, and for many people uh, across NASCAR Nation, uh, has been a great thing and is going to probably provide uh, some great results uh, in 2020 as a likely favorite for the championship. Uh, the fact that Justin Haley, because, you know, his, his uncle or whatever, I forget what the connection is with uh, Doug Stringer, and they they had the, the great clips for years, and that kind of got him going. But he also has the FOE, which is what he's going to run uh, at Daytona again, which is what he ran in July, and then he backed into it and won his first cup race. The difference is, unlike the car he ran, in July, uh, it's probably a really good race car, and Justin Haley is a really good driver. Uh, he hasn't broken through in the Xfinity Series yet, but in his first couple, of, he, he struggled early in his time in the trucks and then took that step forward, a major step forward, when he ran full-time and almost won a championship in trucks before he moved to college in the 11. Uh, and so I would expect a similar uh, kind of uh, what do you call it? I guess a jump. And in terms of running Daytona 500, I'm all for quality equipment, quality cars, uh, making those making those Thursday qualifying races worth watching. Because I always remember when they were worth watching. Over the last few years, they haven't been. And he has a chance to be one of those locked-in cars. Because RCR always brings great stuff to Daytona. It's been that way for decades. Um, Pop Pop knows how to make the, and his team knows how to make good power with those ECR engines. They make good cars for Talladega and Daytona. They want to make a big splash here. And I think Justin Haley has a good shot to qualify on uh, pole qualifying day to lock himself in. But even if he doesn't do that, I think he has a really good race car and a really good chance to make the show um, on Thursday during the qualifying races, which is a positive um, addition to the Daytona 500. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of teams um, come – not a lot of teams, but you're going to see a couple of, of surprise teams come down. I, I, I'm not sure it was officially announced, although – I know Jason had it, so it probably is. Um, MBM's going to run two cars for the Daytona 500. They're also going to run a number uh, – it was 46. Now it's going to be number 49 Toyota with Chad Fincham driving. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if they can make the show. But there's going to be a, a few teams down. I've, I've been hearing, I know, and it was announced this week, um, Rick Ware's going to run four cars, technically four cars, four entries for the Daytona 500 with David Reagan's which will be front row motorsports entry, and then three others. Uh, and the name I'm possibly hearing tied to that could be Natalie Decker uh, t- to one of their teams to try and get into the Daytona 500. Um, now, that will be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. She's had a lot of trouble in the truck series, and moving up the cup might be a little bit aggressive, but um, she, we'll see. There's no doubt Rick Who's she going to drive four cars down there. 
it sounds like Rick Ware Racing. Now, again, that's just speculation. Um, but what I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of teams down for the Daytona 500, uh, and some that are going to be really strong, some that uh, are going to have some trouble making the races, but that's what makes it fun. Hopefully we'll have an opportunity where we'll, we'll see, um, you know, somebody make the race that surprises you. And, and, and that's what a lot of people uh, forget, you know, the great moments that the, that the um, 125s had, you know, 150s, whatever you want to call it, the dual races, the, the twin 125s when I was growing up and when Philip was growing up, that's what they were called. Uh, you know, one of my favorite memories of front row in motorsports actually is when John Andretti made the Daytona 500 in that 34 car and a black Chevrolet, a team that was kind of going, eh, they'll never make this race. And sure enough, they hired a good veteran driver who got them into the Daytona 500, and it really helped build that team. From that point forward, they got enough points. They were able to move their way into uh, the top 35 and, you know, and, and expand, and everything just went really well from there. But it, they took their lumps. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, I think Kevin LePage attempted all 36 races in 2007 and missed 34 of them. Uh, I think they made two. They made New Hampshire. I remember was one. I forget the other one, but they, I mean, and they came down every single time, took their lumps. Uh, and here they are, you know, 15 years later or 13 years later, hypothetically. But that day they made the Daytona 500. That was such a big deal when John Andretti raced away. And there's so many things you, there's so many times you can point back and say, so many drivers and teams lived their dreams to make that, uh, to make that Daytona 500. And, I saw a guy on Twitter this week say, nothing good happens when you send somebody home. That's nonsense. I mean, to me, it's it's about the best teams and the best teams from that weekend making the race. You know, it, it what makes the playoffs and what makes a champion so great is that you can only have one champion. You can only have, you know, in, in the NFL, you only have uh, 12 playoff teams. NASCAR, you only have 16. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of – but it, it's great, you know, the old saying, and I know they, used, they overused this phrase on uh, NASCAR race day and, and on speed and FS1, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's true, you know, so it's not easy. And uh, you, you sort of miss those moments in these 150s and these 125s. Um, you sort of miss those race moments. And I hope, listen, I've, I've been on the record for saying this, and I hope I'm totally wrong on this. Uh, but I, I just, if they don't make a, a change to the charter system, I'm really worried about what the dual race is going to look like in five years, whether they're even going to be around, because the RTA is very powerful, and I think they're going to sit there and they're going to say, why are we running these races? They get a chance to tear up our day 2,500 cars for a race that really we're, we're locking in one driver. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's just qualify. We can shorten the weekend. We can put uh, the, the shootout on a Thursday night we'll qual- or on a Wednesday night. We'll qualify Thursday night. Make put qualifying in prime time like we always do. And short and speed weeks completely up this way. We don't have to spend as much money down here for the, um, you know, the, the hotels and all that kind of stuff. And we can just make a quick speed week and get out of there and call it a day and get our season started. It'll it, it'll prolong the, the uh, off season a little bit more too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see those races go away. I totally totally hope I'm incorrect on that, um, but we'll see. You know, the only way that I think these races change is if um, we see a, a, a modification to the charter system or totally get them take them out of here guys we're 31 days away from the daytona 500 uh you know when you think about that i always say you know where i mark my time and mark my uh you know 
beginning of the season is really when the entry list comes out. And the entry list should be out three weeks from today. 21 days the entry list should be out, either Wednesday or Thursday. So right around this time uh, in three weeks, we should be getting the entry list or getting a good idea of how many teams are coming down and really discussing previewing Speed Week. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, what is the one thing you're looking – and, uh, and I gave you sort of one bold prediction last week, and I'm going to end the show here. What's the one thing you're looking forward to the most here in 2020? I'll start with uh, Philip Matthew. Um, is there one thing you're looking forward to? It can be the Truck Series. It can be the Xfinity Series. It can be the Cup Series. What's the one thing you're looking forward to um, or one thing that you personally want to see happen uh, in 2020 uh, for, the, for the season coming up? What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's a good thing. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge and I'm gonna take I'm gonna go a little off uh, what you're saying with one and I'm gonna say it goes two ways for me. The one is once we kind of figure out over these next few weeks who's gonna be in the truck series, what this whole layout is gonna look like, what kind of people are gonna be down in the truck series, knowing that with this new ARCA integration deal and the eventuality of one series there, how that's all going to kind of um, go and how this truck series is going to be and what's going to happen with it. When you consider the kind of talent and the kind of people that are down there, uh, the series that we're going to have in 2020, I think there, it should be quite competitive, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there. Uh, the other piece that I'm – figure and I think is going to be something that will help the overall product and I say this as a non uh, fan of this particular particular manufacturer but I think uh, Chevrolet will uh, return to some level of competitiveness where you know it isn't going to be you know just Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson or Kurt Busch on a week to week basis there's going to be multiple cars up there, uh, which is going to open up that whole silly season thing in 2021 even more. Uh, I think Chevrolet is going to return to a level of competitiveness, not to the same level as they were for decades, but I I figure it'll balance things out a bit. So it'll take away some energy from Toyota. It'll give Ford a little some opportunities too, and you'll have the kind of parity that the Cup Series need to have a really good weekly product and draw some more people. Um, those are the two things I would say are what I'm looking forward to here, what I think in uh, 2020. How about you, Spencer? Uh, 2020 season, like I said, we're, to me, about 21 days away. 30. I'm looking at it right now, 31 days, 16 hours, and 59 minutes on the dot until the Daytona 500. Um, so you know, we're coming up on a 2020 season. There's still three weeks, four weeks left in the off season. But what are the things you're looking forward to, or one, one or two, in particular things you're looking forward to for the 2020 season? Yeah, nothing huge. Um, main thing, I just, I, I'm kind of with Philip. I really hope the Chevrolets really do something, and um, I really want to see. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a bit biased, and obviously, but I really want to see the 42 run well. I really want to see that team. Um, firing on all cylinders, and I want to see them. Yeah, they picked up towards the end, but I want to see him winning races. And you got to think he's been in this sport. I don't know the exact years, but um, 
he's been in this sport for a while, and you have to think he only has six wins, six cup wins, I believe. Um, well, yep. seven count in the All Star race. Um, and he's and you got to think Chase Elliott has that in two years. Um, I really want to see him really step up and really show that he is here to win. Mind you, I'm not taking anything away from his talent or anything. Um, that team is, you know, not the best, but they're not the worst. He's, you know, he's, he said he's content with staying there at Chip Ganassi. Um, and, you know, he's proven he can go out and win races in that car, but I want to see it more consistent week in and week out. I want to see him beating and banging uh, with a couple laps to go for wins. I want to see him run like he did it with Alex Bowman all year long. I want to see him up front. And I'm just excited to have cars on the racetrack at Daytona. You know how close I live to the Speedway, and I can we can hear them at the house. And um, I'm ready to just go to the track and see some cars go around the banks and um, have a good time and enjoy Speed Weeks. Yeah, it's uh, there's no question. I think when you look at what Larson's done so far, uh, I wouldn't call it a disappointment, but I think we'd be all surprised if you told me six years into his Cup Series career that he only have six wins. Uh, we'd be like, wow, that's it. Something must have really happened. And, you know, Chevrolet's been in a little bit of a lull the last couple of years. So there's no question about that. I think that's what really has hurt Larson more than anything. But like you said, Chase Elliott's won a bunch of races over the last two years. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the 42 car performed for sure. One of the guys I'm looking to keep an eye on, and I know um, maybe uh, this is sort of a, a given, but when you think about that Xfinity series, there's a couple of things, and I talked about this on Clayton in the car here, uh, last er, earlier this week, the Xfinity Series is sort of in a transitional year for me. Um, I just think there's a lot of drivers and teams out there who, um, you know, going with young kids. Joe Gibbs has three young kids in the Xfinity Series this year, or two young kids, I should say, and Brandon Jones, who has yet to prove that he could be a, a consistent winner in the Xfinity Series. Junior Motorsports had a tough year last year. Can Noah Gregson find his way? And, and be the next driver to make to make some noise in the Xfinity Series. Uh, will Justin Allgaier bounce back? Will Michael Annette in this transition year where there's not a ton of comp- competition at the top of the sport, will he be able to go out and win a couple of races? He hasn't been able to do that. He's won one race in his entire career at Daytona. Will he be able to pull off a couple of more wins? Austin Sindrick, will he make the next step in his career to prove, hey, you know what? Uh, there's not a lot of competition, but I'm going to win the races I can win this year. That's something I'm interested to keep an eye on. Will Chase Briscoe be that guy where he'll back up his 2019 season, which really ended good and really had a strong second half of the year? Can he back that up in 2020 and really prove that um, he is no fluke? Think about the Xfinity Series. It's crazy. The two teams, that, two of the, of the four teams that ran for the championship last year are gone. The double zero and the two. They're gone. You know, yeah, they're going to have the 22, but – uh, it's not the same team. Randall Burnett moved up the cup. So did uh, Mike Shiplett for the double zero. So both the crew chiefs and the drivers moved moved their way up to the cup series. So it's really not the same team. Uh, and and it's 20 car, which ran in the playoffs, or ran in the championship race uh, as a new driver. So it's kind of crazy when you think about how three of the four drivers and teams uh, have significant changes. Two of the teams are shut down. The other team has a significant change with a driver that ran for the championship. So it's wide open. And really what I'm curious, and, and this is the, the whole point of the whole this, is just is Ross Chastain going to go out there and make Colleg Racing a team that has yet to run for a championship, yet to really rattle off a, a ton of wins in that series, will he be able to go out there and bring that team to the next level? We saw him do it a year ago with Nice Motorsports in the truck series. 
Um, will he be able to do that? And he's going to have a teammate with Justin Haley. Chastain uh, is polished and ready to go. I think if he can go out there and prove and make Collard Racing a winner and prove himself again, uh, there is no question he'll find himself in a cup ride in 2021. Um, I've been saying that for a long time about him. He just continues to to impress, and that to me is is really the series that's going to be watching. I know the truck series. We'll, we'll talk about the truck series a lot. And Xfinity got real boring last year at times because uh, there was it was a really a big three, and we we're sort of just waiting for the championship race to see which one of the big three is going to win a championship. Um, but to me, it's wide open that Xfinity series this year. Now maybe drivers who you might look at and say haven't proven themselves yet, but that gives them an opportunity to prove themselves. Will Ryan Seed bounce back and have a good year? Will Jeremy Clement's team be able to pull off a championship? They just announced today, or they're getting ready to announce today, that uh, Joe Graff Jr. is going to be driving in the Xfinity Series full-time with uh, Bobby Dodder's team, which was Greg Galding's team a year ago, and they almost made the playoffs. So who's going to fill out that? Will Jesse Little, who um, is going to be running full-time for JD Motorsports this year, will he be able to be able to maybe squeak his way into the playoffs? There's just a lot of questions in the Xfinity Series. to take 12 drivers, a lot of drivers I know. But uh, it's to me, the Xfinity Series is just wide open. I, if I told you right now Chastain is the favorite, there's no question. But if I told you, you know, Calder got off to a little bit of a slow start, it's wide open. You can totally see anybody in that series go out there and pull it off. you got Harrison Burton and Riley Herbst, of course, Joe Gibbs. Two young kids who haven't really proven themselves yet, um, Herbst especially. Burton's at least had a decent time in the truck series. Herbst has been awful. But, yeah, he gets a full-time ride next Xfinity. Figure that one out. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see how uh, the Xfinity series plays out because there's just a lot of questions going on in that series. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to for 2020. Again, we're, we're about 21 days away from the entry list being released, 31 days away from the Daytona 500 right now. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles. We'll see you next time here uh, on Talking Circles. For Clayton Coldwell and Philip Matthews, for Philip Matthews and Spencer Cowan, I'm Clayton Caldwell. Good night, everybody.